Hey folks, thank you for joining me. I'm Bobby Marvin Holmes, host of Hugh Voices, a podcast where we center the empowerment of black children, youth, and families. The 2021 legislative session in Maryland has begun, and starting this month until April, I'll be speaking with advocates who are working to address policy that impacts the lives of children, youth, and families. Joining me today is Nicole Hansen Mundell, Executive Director of Alpha Justice, an organization working to address criminal justice issues impacting our community. Today's sister Hansen Mundell joins me to talk about a gender responsive pre-release act. Uh, you, Alpha Justice, and, and so many criminal justice reform advocates across Maryland are pushing a bill, the Gender Response Pre-Release Act. Uh, it was passed in 2020 legislative session, if I'm not mistaken, and it was vetoed by Maryland Governor Hogan. Um, now it's back up for the uh, General Assembly to override Hogan's veto so it could become law. Can you please talk about the Gender Response Pre-Release Act, um, a bill that impacts our mothers, our aunties, uh, cousins, so many others in our families? Talk about that, sis. Sure, sure. So, I'll, you know, what women's pre-release is, and let me just talk about the, the pre-release status itself, right? Pre-release is a security level. When you have been found to be an upstanding person behind those walls, um, or when you have a sentence 18 months or less, you are then pre-release status. That means you're not maximum security, you're not minimum security, you are pre-release security. You're at the lowest of the lowest in terms of security level, right? You're not a threat to the institution. And at that time, you are supposed to re-engage with in community. That is the time at pre-release status, you are supposed to be connecting with the job. You're supposed to be connecting with employment opportunities. You're supposed to be engaging with 21st century technology, right? We all know you can apply for a job today by paper. Most of the job applications are online. You got to send resumes online. You have to use technology these days, right? Um, and that is the time you are supposed to be able to start to navigate your way, right? You're still under the Department of Corrections. Um, you're still under them, right? You still have to go back to the institution. But it is the time where you begin to structure what your life is going to look like um, once you, uh, that time, your time is up under that 18 months, right? You are supposed to be navigating the transit system. You know, in Baltimore, we call it the missing link, right? But at least people are learning the missing link. Um, you are supposed to be, you know, connecting back with your family. Family reunification is critical for individuals on their way home from prisons and jails, right? I think that that's the element that we, we it kind of gets a, a beside us, right? Because we think that, you know, we coming out, our family has a space, boom, that's good. No, you got to reconnect. That same person when you went in is not the same person coming out. Right. Um, your, your, your sister might have gotten into a relationship and now she has a man in the home and he is the man of that home. And so you as the brother are, is now coming in. That could that could cause tension if you have not found a way to navigate your way back into that relationship. Introduce yourself to that. Your sister's, you know, new person in their life and say, listen, I'm not trying to come in here and be the man. I know you're the man. I know you're covering the bills, but I appreciate you all welcome 
development me to my home. Those kind of relationships are not happening, um, especially with our women, because they do not have what we know is pre-release. They don't have that, right? Um, and so what we do know is that men, um, and I love my men, but men have over nine separate brick and mortar pre-release facilities. And guess how many women have? Let me see if your audience can guess. How many separate pre-release facilities do our women have? You can guess too, Bobby, if you like. I'll give you 30 seconds. Uh, one. <laughs> guess again. Uh, I'm gonna take the lead. I'm gonna take the lead for my wife. Zero. Zero. Okay. Thank you, wifey. Thank you. Thank very you, much. Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Was correct. She's okay. a very smart woman. Yes, she is. Zero. I married. Her. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been like this for uh, a decade or more, right? Say it, it say is, it again, Nicole. Say it again. How many facilities though for, for folks who don't? Zero. 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 There were facilities. There are no separate brick and mortar pre-release facilities for women in the state of Maryland, and it has been like that for a decade. Okay, mm. a whole generation of young people have have been growing up, and mothers are coming out of these institutions, and they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Our women don't know whether to go right or left. I mean, literally. You know, um, what we did find was that women who were pre-release eligible are subjected to a maximum security institution out Jessup. That's the only women's prison in the state, and they house all security levels, right? And so the women who decide, okay, listen, I'm going to, I, I want to just get out of this institution, at, like for a minute, right? They are subjected to jobs like McDonald's or the local truck stop, right? And not only are they subjected to these um, jobs, these are starter jobs for teenagers, right? Or people who want to get in the career of the restaurant industry. I'm not talking down about McDonald's. McDonald's has caused uh, my family member to be able to own her own home. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that women deserve options, right? We deserve the ability to decide what type of job we want, right? And we should not just be subjected to Denny's or McDonald's. And in fact, we should not even be subjected to places like a truck stop. Think about this. Many of our women go into these institutions because they are in the sex trafficking trade or, you know, some sort of drug abuse happened. And a lot of it because of men, right? Many of our women are in prisons that they can directly connect it to a relationship with a man. And you throw them at a dang on truck stop, right? Think about the trauma and the, and the visions that come up for a woman who was a part of the sex trafficking trade to have to work at a truck stop. Okay, when women do go into these jobs, they are transported in a a prison van. Okay, a prison van that is double doored. So there's one door with the cage and then a second door that opens. So imagine, you know, going to work and you're being dropped off by the prison van. Mm. Imagine that. So some women don't even want to go to work because of that. Because they would now have to explain to their um, their peers 
why they got out of that kind of thing, why you needed to come there, where you actually come from, those kind of things. Um, it's just appalling. We have gotten um, over 200 stories from our women who talk about the need to be somewhere in community where they can properly uh, um, reintegrate back into um, our um our communities in the right way, right? Oh, I, I, can you break it down? Why is that so important? When you talk about mothers, um, sisters coming home back to their families, why is services are so important, so critical for that transition? Especially women, right? Mm-hmm. Women have to come home, and it has been reported by some women that... They have gotten out literally, and in an hour, their kids were on their doorstep, right? It, that, that's not typical for men, right? Men are able to, like, crash on the sofa of somebody's house real quick, all of that. Women are expected to get their kids immediately when they come out of prison and jail. And so if they're not, if they haven't been able to, one, work on a relationship with their kids, right, to explain to kids, like, mommy did not leave you on purpose, right? Mommy had these issues, and I'm on my way back, and here's, and here's how we're going to plan this out to move forward, right? If they have not identified employment, if they have not identified health care, where they're going to get their health care from, where they're going to get their glasses, how they're going to deal with their dental needs, right? If they have not identified any of the things that is suitable, if they have not figured out, okay, how I'm going to get an ID today, right? Where I'm going to go to get my ID. These are the, the, the things that people need or are getting um, in a pre-release facility. And women are not getting that because they are stuck in a maximum security institution where it's, it's one caseworker to 300 in, uh, individual women, right? You can't even see the daggone caseworker. And, they, you know, they claim they have all these programs at the women's institution. But the wait, the wait time is a six-month wait to get in a, 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 a program, right? And half of the programs are not directly connected to women and what the needs are. We're talking about a book club. We're talking about taking care of cats. Those are not... Um, things that women are going to be able to use the day they get out of prison or jail. And so it is, it is, it's crucial that within the 18 months of release, women are able to start building the foundation of their lives, right? And we even argue before 18 months, you should be built. The day that you get your sentence is the day that you should be beginning preparing to come home. But when you have an institution that that is not important, right? They don't care if women come back. Or, I mean, they kind of, it, it feels like they want the women to, to keep coming back, right? Um, when you have an institution where that is not a priority, then what you find is women coming out and they're contacting groups like Out for Justice. They're contacting, you know, groups like Maryland Justice Project and JOTF trying to get that kickstart when we should have been a part of their um, transition 18 months ago. And let me tell you the other reason why it is important, why pre-release is crucial, right? Because we have children out here. Somebody is taking care of our babies, right? Um, and we wonder why um, you hear these stories about young people engaging in these activities, but people never ask themselves, well, where is the mama? Is the mama equipped to deal with these kids? Is the mama behind bars? When the mama came out, 
Did she have the infrastructure and the support she needed to not only take care of herself, but be a good example to her, her offspring? No, right? And so what we say is that if Merlin does not make the right choice and override this veto, they're worrying about things like money, you know, what it's going to cost. But I'm going to tell you, the cost is going to be greater than what they would pay on the front end, on the back end. Because when women are not prepared, our communities are not safe. Our children are not safe when Absolutely. women are not at their best. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so the cost, the, 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 you know, you never talk about that ripple effect. So a woman is not prepared. Her, her black son is not prepared. He's, you know, he's going to school. He's barely reading on the third grade level because he's too embarrassed to ask questions. And he don't really have nobody to go back home to that can boost his confidence and encourage him and support him and have that infrastructure. The infrastructure is not there for our babies. And so if you're not investing in women, then ultimately you're not investing in our children and our sons and in our daughters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a social worker uh, working with youth and families in Baltimore, uh, Nicole, and I have families that are impacted by this. I have family, I have mothers um, who are were formerly in and come home and everything you talk talking about is spot on. That they came home and they have a family if, um, but if that if they don't have the proper support for that transition, then as you said, it, it things start to break down in our community. We can't have that. So please, Nicole, what's our marching orders? How can folks get involved and support the uh The marching orders are one, know who your legislators are. And two, go read, go look at the Out for Justice uh, website where we have our action alerts up, right? We need to target the Senate right now. Every member of the Senate needs to be contacted and called to say, listen, we hope you are supporting the women's pre-release override. Every senator, from uh, Mr. Gazone, uh, who's the head of budget and tax, and we really need that vote, right? Because you're talking about the person in charge of the money, right? The money that is going to facilitate this this separate brick and mortar pre-release facility. So if you live in Harper County, if you live in Howard County, if you live in Baltimore County, contact your senators and tell them that you are watching and that you are uh, prepared to be to watch the fact that they are going to vote yes right um and then what we want you to do is share share on your social media platforms you know in our action alert we have um we have some infographics and i know a lot of people are really good with Gifts, grifts, what's the call? G-I-F-F? Gifts, but I don't know what I'm doing with them, but I know they, I just know what they call. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I saw it on my phone. I'm like, well, shucks. Other people might have this. Yeah. You know, create some gifts, right, right, where you can use our infographic and beside yourself, you can do a short 30-second clip saying, hey, I support the women's pre-release override. And at your legislators, uh, at their Twitter accounts, at their Facebook accounts, at their Instagram accounts, we need people across this great state, you know, putting it on their social medias. Hey, I support the women's pre-release movement. Because when you post that, your lawmakers see. Your lawmakers see. Thankfully, we have the support of... Um, 
the attorney general's office. Um, we have the support of the House of Roofs. We have the support of all of our partners. I think we have over 33 organizations who signed up in support of our women's pre-release. Um, and this is phenomenal. Um, it's a long way from where we were the first year when we couldn't even get our bill out of committee. It ain't even give it a number. They was like, bye. Um, to being able to get this thing passed in 2020. Um, and then the, 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 the work still continues though, right? Because the work doesn't just stop at the veto override. Now we got to make sure that this stuff is implemented. And I think that's important, Bobby, that when we talk about policy reform and we talk about introducing legislation, we cannot not talk about implementation, right? Because without the implementation, the laws just sit there on the books. They just sit there on the books. And so when you are engaging with organizations that do policy reform, please ask them, how. what is your plan to implement this policy, right? What is your plan that after this legislation is passed, what do you intend to do to ensure the implementation? What agencies will you be contacting? What administrations will you be talking to to ensure that the policy that you support it will be implemented um, in years to come? But yeah, we have the support of our women behind the walls. They want this. You know, um, corrections tried to pull an okie doke and claim that they were going to create a co-ed facility, right? So now, once again, they're going to give men another half of a facility and women get a half, right? They didn't even want us to get a whole, right? They talking about they're going to create a co-ed facility. No, co-ed facilities will cause all sorts of distractions, right? Because when you put man and woman together that haven't had any affection in a long time, we're going to find a way to get affection, right? And that's not where we're supposed to be at that moment. We're supposed to be preparing our lives um, over this next 18 months. And so um, while I'm all in support of affection between a man and woman, a woman and woman, and a man and a man, when you are on your way home from prison or jail, you should not be thinking about any of that. And that's what a co-ed facility would produce. It would produce a lot of distraction. And what ends up happening is the women pay the cost, right? Because something happens, some woman becomes pregnant, somebody gets caught, you know, engaging in an inappropriate way, and they're going to throw the women back over in the maximum security institution. And they'll leave the men, but the women will well, get them out of here, you know? So... We want to ensure that no amount of money should should uh, take us away from ensuring that women have the structure and support that they need, whatever the cost, they need to invest it. Because remember, they are a decade behind in terms of investment. Nicole, please uh, tell folks the website where they can go um, and get involved and follow your action alerts. Um, our website is www.outthenumber4justice.org. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at Out, O-U-T-F-O-R, Justice, where our action alerts are. We're also on Instagram um, at outthenumber4justice.org on Instagram. Um, and that's where you can follow our action alerts uh, and do your part, even if you make one phone call uh, today and every other day. You know, we're grateful for that. Can they join your email list and website as well? Thanks for again. When they go to the website, there's an option to join the newsletter, the email list. 
And that way you'll get constant reminders about what we're doing, not only on the uh, pre-release work, but all of the other work that we're engaged in too. You can, um, you can definitely be a part of that um, newsletter. Um, so there's an option on the website to not only join the email, uh, the email listserv, but also to donate. <laughs> Folks, I support the women's pre-release movement. I'm going to share this with uh, folks on my social media. I'm also going to send it out my email blast. Uh, this interview, uh, we have to support our good sister, Nicole. Uh, we have to support her good work with Alpha Justice. Again, um, I've been speaking with Nicole Hanson Mondell, Executive Director of Alpha Justice. Um, thank you, Nicole, for all your work, and we got your back. Thank you. I know you got my back, and I have yours too. All right, thank you, sis. Appreciate you. Bye bye. Folks, thank you for your time. Again, I'm Bobby Marvin Holmes, host of Hugh Voices. Please be sure to check us out weekly for new episodes every Wednesday and subscribe to Hugh Voices Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also visit our website at sonofadream.com to learn more about how we provide services and multimedia resources to support the health development and success of children, youth, and families. Take care and be safe.